Well, all the traveling has kind of got me in this travel theme, you know. Uh, last week we were talking about unpacking. Today, I was just reminded about airports. And, uh, and sometimes I'm not sure that they um, understand or they're maybe a little confused about whether they themselves, the airport, that they are the destination or that they're just a connector to the cities that we're trying to get to. Uh, those of you who travel a lot, I'm sure you've had your moments of delays and setbacks and canceled flights and all of these kinds of things. We're going to look a little bit at that today, but I would love for you uh, to stand if you are able. And let's read from the Word of the Lord this morning from John chapter 20, verse 21. John chapter 20 beginning at verse 21. Hear the Gospel of the Lord Jesus. Very short verse. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. He was speaking to His disciples. As the Father has sent Me, I am sending you. Here ends the reading. Lord Jesus, we thank You for this short passage of Scripture. And we pray today, that You would help us to hear the good news and to boldly live into it. For we ask this in Your name. Amen. You may be seated. Well, I don't know if you can see that up there. It's going to be a little touch and go today. Um, you know, you create a uh, show, uh, you know, a presentation on an Apple Mac and then you switch it to PC and, you know, haywire, chaos. But this airport is uh, Chicago O'Hare Airport. I just, uh, in, in preparing for the message, learned that it is now the second busiest airport in the world after Atlanta Hartfield Airport. And uh, so it's busy enough. How many of you have ever flown through Chicago O'Hare? Almost all of you. Now, of those of you who have flown through Chicago O'Hare, how many had a delayed flight at least once? How many of you had a canceled flight at least once? Okay, so you know. Now, granted, airports have done a really good job of making it comfortable. I can remember being really small going to the airport and kind of remembering that you were lucky if you could find one of those coin-operated coffee machines. You know, now they have our church, right? St. Arbuck's. And uh, they have all kinds of things that are there. They have... Uh, they have uh, food and, and they've made it really comfortable. It's almost as if they are thinking that that is the destination. That you live your existence and to go on vacation is to spend as much time as possible in Chicago O'Hare Airport. Now, we flew out of Chicago O'Hare. They did let us go. And we got into Dublin Airport, another major metropolitan area. I'll have you know, with customs and all those things, I think Dublin thinks that we were there to see the airport as well. A lot of time. I mean, it was like Disneyland. You know how you do this before every ride? Only then at the end, you don't get a ride. You just get to ask a lot, of, answer a lot of questions. Sometimes... We can wonder, is it about 
visiting the airport. Now, here's some good pictures. Now, Jackson was so excited because it was his first time to fly in living memory. He flew when he was four months old. But uh, there he is. He's all prepared. He was excited to see the planes at the airport. He was looking at everyone. We were running down. I was having to keep up with him. Uh, we were running down the, the terminal looking at different airplanes all the way. In fact, we weren't paying attention. We almost tried to board a plane. And they were like, whoa, whoa, whoa where are you going? And then we eventually got on our plane there. There we are in the middle section for a nice eight-hour flight uh, to Dublin. And we're all excited. But the goal of the airport is not to be a destination. The goal of the airport is to be a connector. It connects you to the next city. And then you leave that place and you are connected to the beauty of Ireland. I've just thrown in a few shots there of just some of the things that we got to see. It connects you to life. It connects you to old friends. It has you do crazy things like buy a pancake hat and sit on rocks by the ocean and introduce your kids to the beauty of God's world. The airport is meant to be a connection, not a destination. The problem is, folks, is that much like airports, sometimes the church and sometimes even pastors can think that the goal of your Christian faith is to come to the church and sit on these nice pews for a few weeks. That we see the church as a destination. If we could just get more people sitting in the seats, then we would be showing that we have faith in Jesus. If we could sing all hail the power with 500 instead of 200, it would just be much better. And I want us to see some things from Scripture that tell us that like airports, the church is to be a connector, not a destination. Does that make it bad that you all are here? No, not at all. But this is to connect you to something. Not make this your destination. Not make this what your entire faith is all about. And so, I'm going to read some Scriptures to you. Now, I want to tell you right up front, I'm going to read you the first part, and I'm going to read it the first way. I've changed it so that the Scripture mirrors a church that sees itself as a destination. Are you ready? Then we'll read the way it actually is written. Alright, first off. John 3.16 For God so loved the church that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. Is that right? No. Does God love the church? Yes. But how is this supposed to go? For God so loves what? The world. Oh my, it's cut off. For God so loved, that says the world, that He gave His one and only Son. So that means, yes, it includes those who are in the church, but God so loved all the world. Everybody say, all the world. That's everyone. There's not a person that you meet anywhere in this world that God does not love. That God did not give His Son for. And that changes the strategy. That changes everything. John 10.10, the second half of it. I have come that they may have church and have more activities in it. 
Some of you are laughing because you know it seems true. That we just create more and more and more things to be involved in. But is that what this verse really says? Is that what Jesus really said to His disciples? No. What did He say? Read it with me. I have come that they may have life and life to the full. It's connecting. I have come to connect you to something greater. Something that gives life. Can you do life alone? No. Without others, human beings diminish. They, they, they actually wind up going a little bit crazy. So we're connected to each other. We're going to connect, be connected to the source of life who is Jesus. We're going to be connected through His, His Spirit into a, a way of living powerfully. We're to be connectors. Let's, let's see our last one here. This is Paul in 1 Corinthians 12.27. Now you are the church, and each one of you can be a member. That's what we concentrate a lot of the times on, isn't it? We, cannot, you know, we want people to be members. Is it okay to be a member of a church? Yes. But the true message that Paul says over and over and over in all of his letters is read it with me now. Now you are the body of Christ. And each one of you is a part of it. It's more than just coming and sitting in a, in a, uh, in a pew. It's not static. It's dynamic. You're a part of a body. The body of Christ is just something. I, I, I was listening to a teaching this week. I just thought, this is amazing. Somebody had connected that this comes right out of Paul's conversion experience. Paul was running around and he was, he was putting all these people who claimed that Jesus was the Messiah in prison. He was even persecuting them, even to the point of death. Or standing by and witnessing and affirming their death. And he stopped on the Damascus Road. And the bright light shines and Jesus says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. And Paul, he was saying, Paul had to wrestle with this because he saw himself persecuting people. But if this is true, that in persecuting people, I was persecuting Jesus, then he begins to develop this beautiful understanding that you and I can be a part, not just of a church, but of the body of Christ, dynamic and moving and speaking. So I want to take just a few minutes for us to look at what the body of Christ is all about. The body of Christ, first and foremost, is a life-giving body. We read that in that passage, that when Jesus was here, He said, I have come that they may have what? And life to what? The full. Yeah. All the way through. It connects people to the source of life. It assists in real life. The source of life being God. Real life being what we do everywhere. The church is not meant to be a destination. The church is a group of people who understand that they are the dynamic body of Christ. And you and I are tasked with connecting people to the source of life, which is God. And we are tasked with connecting and assisting people in their real horizontal lives. The work and the the schooling and the families and the relationships that you have, we are together, this body of Christ, connecting this to this. 
That's a little bit different than just being a destination where you sit and you rest and you do this while the pastor's talking. It is a life-giving body. But beyond that, number two, the body of Christ is a blessing body. I want you to know, this is, God has been about this work all the way back to the beginning. If you get to Abraham, well, first of all, in creation, God creates a garden and He blesses humanity. He puts them in it and gives them everything they need. He, he puts them together uh, in relationship. He says, be fruitful, multiply. God has been blessing about blessing human beings from the very beginning. By the time you get to chapter 12 and He is creating His people, and even though the world has fallen and violence has taken hold of all the world, God approaches not a rich king, but just some guy out. Jews today would say, my father was a wandering Aramean. Just somebody wandering around and said, Go to the land that I will show you. But when Abraham does that, he says, I will bless you so that you can be a blessing to all the nations. And all the nations of the world will be blessed through you. And when we get to all the way through, you can read the story. God is trying to create this community that connects people to the source of life and is a group of people who bless the rest of the world. And when we get to Jesus, what do we find Jesus doing? Out walking. He he skips the temple most of the time. He skips the synagogues a lot. But He's out with people. And what is He doing? He's blessing children. He's... He's welcoming those who are lost in sin and, and welcoming them back. And He's even blessing and loving the religious elite who get them wrong all the time. He's loving them a little bit differently by challenging them, by changing their, their understanding, by bringing them back to Scripture. He continues to do this over and over in order to bless them. And then, we have seen that we are to go. Now, if we're the body of Christ, then we are tasked with blessing people. It can be a simple thing. I was reading a a book, and in there, uh, the speaker says that he was talking to someone afterwards who, who grabbed this idea of just being a blessing and didn't really know what to do. And he was getting his morning coffee and he could see that the barista was a little under stress and, and was going on and there was nobody behind him. And so he just thought for a second, ah, I'm the body of Christ. I'm supposed to be blessing someone. And, and so he just really quick felt compelled to say to the barista, Hey, I'm going to be over there and I'm just going to be praying for a little bit and drinking my coffee. Is there anything I can ask God to bless you in? And he said, of course, kind of caught the barista off guard. And and he said, thank you. I, I don't think so. And so he felt like a failure and he grabbed his coffee and he went over and he sat down. And soon that barista was out, you know, wiping down the tables, getting nearer and nearer and nearer. Until he said, did you really mean that? Absolutely. 
He said, well, honestly, I took this job because my other job is kind of rough and finances aren't going well and I need to make this happen and my wife's frustrated because I'm spending so much time working my actual job and now working this job and I'm not seeing my kids. And I just, if you would ask God to bless me in this, absolutely I will. And so he kept going to that Starbucks and, and some others and you know, he just began to try and make it part of his routine. And he began to hear because that barista came back later on and said, we finally got that account. I'm not going to be working here much longer. My wife has agreed to go to counseling with me because there's some things we really need to work on. And so I just I attribute that to, to when you prayed that God would bless me. So thank you. Thank you. It doesn't have to be. Something super complex. You don't have to memorize a systematic theology to be a part of the body of Christ that is a blessing body. You can simply ask and be open to what God might say through you. How can I pray that God would bless you? Simple, simple thing. One last. Let's go forward. Lastly, the body of Christ is a body that is a sent body. It understands that this is not a destination. This is a connecting point. This is where we come to renew connection here and here with one another. But then we are sent out to go and be that body who blesses, that body who connects to the source of life through all of life, who is open to whatever God wants to do in us. We are sent. Look at our passage that we began with. Well, I'm going to have to read it out of my Bible because of the computer. Jesus said, Peace be with you. And that's a plural you. It means you all. Peace be with you all. As the Father sent me, I am sending you. When Jesus was sent, He was one who connected to the source of life. When Jesus was sent, He was the one who blessed. When Jesus was sent, He brought peace into the world. And He, right at the beginning, says to those who are there, that peace I'm giving to you. I want to give us just a little bit of homework. But I want you to know, first and foremost, church, that we don't bring people to church. That's not our call. Our call is to bring the church to people. And you are the church, and I am the church, and we are the church together. This is what it means to be the body of Christ. And I want to see us become a body of people that longs to connect people to the source of life in their everyday life. That's why we say we want, we want to help people experience all of God in all of life and in all people. That's why we, we say that. That's why it's written on our signs. That's why it's written on your worship folder. Because we believe that this is what we are called to do. So this week, here's your homework. I'm going to invite you to bless three people this week. And if you really want to up your homework, if you want the A+, make sure one of them doesn't deserve it. Because that's what God does, right? Do any of us deserve? No. But God is just that good. 
And we want to participate in this life. So I want you to take this with you. I want you to hold this. It could be in your job. It could be like this guy who talked to a barista. Some of you are going to go out to a restaurant and somebody's going to wait on you. And I hope that you pray before you eat your food. And all you have to do when the waitress is bringing that, when she's done and she says, is there anything else? Or he says, is there anything else I can bring you? You could simply say, hey, we're about to pray. Is there something that we could pray for God to bless you with? He may say no. She may tell you all that's going on in her life. Are you going to be ready for that? I know you're going to want to tear into your burgers or whatever. But you listen. And then you say, I will. That's all you have to do. That's all you have to do. Let's try that out this week. Now, how does this connect to 10-4 vision? Because... Pastor Jeff, you're, you're making this one of your points. Your last point is about inviting people to church. Well, it is. It's not bad to invite people to church as long as you know the reason you're inviting them. It's not to just fill up the pews. The reason you're inviting them is to connect them to the source of life in all of their life so that they can experience the blessing and then begin to learn how to go and bless others and connect others to the source of life. And I believe if we as the body of Christ get this part correct, we will begin to see more and more people who want to come to the connecting place, not the destination. The problem is, is we've sold it as a destination. Come and sit in the pews and when you die, you get to go to heaven. Instead of come and be connected to the real source of life in your real here and now life. And then you can go out into your real life and learn how to bless and connect others to the source of true life in their real lives. That's dynamic. That's what people want to see and know exists in the world because it's different and it's dynamic and it's hopeful. And we can do this because His Spirit comes to live in us and to unite us as the body of Christ. So church, this morning, are you ready for some homework? It could start right after here. You might might get all three done before you get home. But I want to encourage you. Let's take a challenge. Let's do this together. You want to see that last goal hit. It will come as the body of Christ connects to the source of life in our lives to bless others by connecting them to the source of life in their real life. That's the only way we can do it. Are you ready for the challenge? Let's pray. Father, so often, we as a church can feel Like the whole thing is about coming to church. Like the whole thing is about an hour on Sunday. Like the whole thing is just singing a few songs and saying a few principles that we all agree to. But the truth is so much greater than that. So much larger than that. You invite us you invite someone like me to be a part of your body 
body that was sent. Body that blessed and blesses. And yes, even a body that was broken so that others could have life. So Father, as pastor of Cross Community Church of the Nazarene, I stand before my people and I confess to you that if I or we have so shrunk the gospel into a destination that you would forgive us this day and that you would call us to realize our our place in your body as connectors, connectors to life, connectors to blessing, connectors to hope, connected connectors to the source which is found in your Holy Spirit. Father, today we have a challenge laid before us to go and to bless. So we pray that we would take to heart your words, our gospel reading today. That we would receive the peace that only you can give. And that just as you were sent, that we would recognize that we have been sent. That we would take a little bit of risk to bless others this week. We pray, O God, that you would teach us something amazing as we go out to bless others in your name. Help us to listen to your Spirit. Help us to speak the words that Your Spirit will give. For we ask all of these things in the name of the Father who is for us, in the name of the Son who is with us, and in the name of the Spirit who is in us. One God forever and ever, world without end. Amen.